This is womensleadershipsuccess.com radio, episode number 91. What if every time you asked your mother for something or had to figure out a problem growing up, she taught you as if she were training you to be a CEO? And in the process, you received excellent career development advice that you used later on as an adult. Needless to say, you would have saved years of struggle and wrong turns in your career if you'd had a mom like that. Well, now here's the good news. Our guest is that CEO mom. She's here to give you career development advice. She will share lessons on everything from effective first impressions, workplace politics, relationship development, skill building, and other skills that will propel your career faster and further than you thought possible. This will help you if you are a newbie or a seasoned professional. And be sure to listen to the end of the show for a free gift I'm going to give you. Welcome to Women's Leadership Podcast, showing you how to influence people, improve your performance, and advance your career. Brought to you by women's leadership and career expert Sabrina Brom and womensleadershipsuccess.com. Here's your chance to meet women trendsetters leading the way to success, accomplishment, and balance in business and life. No matter if you're a manager, CEO, or entrepreneur, join Sabrina for coaching and no-nonsense advice to improve your career and bottom line. This is womensleadershipsuccess.com radio, and today we are talking to Karen Schoenbart, who is the Chief Executive Officer of the NPD Group a global provider of information and advisory services to many of the world's leading brands. Karen was named one of the top 25 most influential women of of mid-market by the CEO Connection. Well, I really um, got that a little tongue-tied there, but welcome, Karen. Sabrina, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. And you, you wrote a book that I enjoyed, especially since I have a, a grown daughter, too, who's also active in business. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about how you happen to write Mom B.A.? Oh, sure, Sabrina. It's an interesting story. I've worked my whole life, and I have two kids, so they always grew up with me as a working mom. And when my daughter started working in advertising, she realized that she knew all these things that her peers didn't know because she basically had me as her live-in mentor. And I'll give a couple of quick examples. When she was six years old and she wanted to have a sleepover, I made her give a presentation on why to have a sleepover. And after we said yes and she kept talking, I said, shh, don't sell after the close. (laughs) So she knew that, and she thought everybody knew that. And we would drive in the car, and we would play the interview game. And I would say things like, so, Danielle, tell me, for what things have you been criticized? So she starts working, and she has all this knowledge that is actually a big competitive advantage. And people are coming to her at all of 21 years old and asking her for her advice on things. And so she said to me that she felt like she had gotten a mom B.A., And the book was her idea. She said, you really need to share this with other people who didn't have uh, someone like you growing up. Well, I love it. And, you know, I think of men as having that type of mentorship with their fathers, but not so often with women. How incredible. Exactly. It goes back to the first Bring Your Daughters to Work Day. 
and it worked. You know, the idea was to expose young women to career opportunities. And when people would ask my daughter, what do you want to be when you grow up? She would say, a vice president. <laughs> and people say, what is a vice president? She'd go, I don't know, but that's what I want to be. <laughs> that's really, really, that's really cute. The book is, is well written, and you um, you give some much good advice. And that's, of course, as I mentioned to you before, this radio program is to give women advice and mentoring to help them be really successful in their careers. And so I want to ask you a few of the questions that you have answers to in your book. What is the, why is the first impression so crucial to building a career? And can you give us some tips on how to do that? Well, sure. And, and the, that's exactly it. People have these questions, and the book is kind of an insider's guide to navigating success. Um, and so a first impression is critical because you can't take it back. And people talk about things like dress and, and how you show up. And with dress, the, what I always say is dress the way that matters to the people who matter. So if you're coming on an interview at the NPD group where I'm CEO, and I expect you to show up in business attire, but even though we're dressed casual during the day, but that's what I expect. If you're going on an interview at some startup or if you're working with a client who's some startup or who's super casual, you want to dress appropriately. So that, that covers dress, dress the way that matters to the people who matter. Mm-hmm. And then you want to show up professionally. You want to speak professionally. You want to present yourself professionally. And um, you can never go wrong when you do that. How do you learn how to do that, Karen? So you're just starting out. How do you, you know, let's say you have an important meeting or a, a job interview. What's a good way to get ready for that so that you do the best you can even though you're new at doing that? Yeah, good question, Sabrina. The first thing is ask. If you're going on a job interview, there's somebody who you've connected with to make this arrangement. Ask. When in doubt, find out. Um, And then the other thing is to model yourself after others. I remember some company that was also kind of dressed casual, but they said you could always tell who's on the seventh floor. And I was like, what's the seventh floor? And they said, well, that's where the executives are. So model yourself after people you admire, whether it's um, a woman who's an executive in your company or a woman who's an executive in another company or a friend, you know, someone who you admire who's successful, and, and try to model your, your behavior and the way you show up towards them. Mm-hmm. And visualize or practice that in your head too, right? Keep Or even role play it. Exactly. Right. Do something to get ready for that. You you talked about networking, and it's one of the areas that I find that a lot of people think of it as some kind of superficial thing that you're running around handing business cards out to people. And would you please give us your idea of networking and why you think it's important and what we might do? Oh, sure. And I think networking is an excellent tool to building your your relationships. Um, so... The first thing I would say is be prepared. If you're going to an event, try to see if you can get an attendee list in in advance and think about things that you're going to talk about so that you'll be interesting and people will be interested in having a conversation with you. And it could be something about the industry. It could be something about some current event. It could be some question that you might have for somebody that would be appropriate. I try to look for ways to help other people, not just to be, you know, kind of give to get. 
And, uh, and it's all, to me, a good networking event is quality, not quantity. It's not about how many business cards you can hand out or collect or how many LinkedIn contacts you can make. It's about trying to find a few authentic connections where you have a real um, bond with somebody and you don't really know where that's going to lead in the future, but if it's authentic and you've got something interesting and they've got something interesting, maybe you can help them out in some way. These things, in my experience over many, many years, often have a positive outcome, and it might not be immediate. Mm-hmm. So let's say you're at a networking event and you have a good connection with someone. What's a good way to keep that going or to keep in contact with that person? Well, one of my uh, pet peeves, I've been using LinkedIn a lot more lately, but one of my pet peeves is when people just do the generic let's connect. If I care enough about making a connection with someone, I'm going to take the time, and believe me, Sabrina, this takes time and I invest in it, to send them a personal um, message. Oh, remember we met at such and such an event and we talked about so-and-so thing, and let's connect. If you found out something about them. One of the greatest things is if it's on a Monday or a Friday mm-hmm. because you can talk about, what did you do this past weekend? What? Oh, I'm going to go skiing. Oh, you like to ski. And then you could send them some article of interest or a, a link to something that, they, that they've already expressed that they have some interest in or some business opportunity connection. Uh, and then I'm still a fan of handwritten notes. So if I get somebody's business card after I make the LinkedIn connection, because that's a lot faster, I might also take the time to send a handwritten note because it kind of stands out. It really does. Uh, Not many people get those nowadays. It really does make a huge difference. Uh, You you also talk about two kinds of bosses, and this is especially interesting to me because I I do coaching, and I just had a session with someone who was um, telling me that, she's got a new boss that is not easy to work with. And so I'd love to hear your comments on that. How how do you navigate working with a bad boss, and how do you make the most of of one that's really easy to work with? Yeah, it's a great question, and this is one that I guess get asked all the time, and we've got there's a whole chapter on this in Mom BA. (laughs) So first of all, when you look back on a long career and you have the – opportunity to to see that in perspective um the people that you thought were bad bosses might not have really been that bad because sometimes it's what you need at that time everybody at the beginning loves a nurturing boss who gives lots of feedback and hand holding but pretty soon after that you kind of might need somebody who's going to give you a little bit more room to grow and make your own mistakes and stand on your own Mm -hmm. so what i thought was a bad boss turned out to be in retrospect not such a bad boss So that's one thing. The other thing is that I also believe very strongly that tough times, dealing with a difficult boss or difficult situation, helps you grow so much more than the easy times. So you can look at your ability to navigate through this as what I like to call notches on the belt Mm -hmm. because you're gaining experiences. Another thing is that if you want to be a leader or a manager someday, having a variety of bosses, both good and bad, helps you formulate what kind of boss or leader you want to be in the future. So you can say, wow, I really want to take these good traits from this person, and I really see what it's like to work for somebody who does these things, and I make, want to make sure I don't do those in the future. Makes sense. Can you tell us about a tough time you had and how that helped you to develop? Uh, sure. 
So um, one time we did a big reorganization in our company, and I was running a very large division, and we kind of split up the company into a lot of smaller divisions, and the owner encouraged everybody to try to go for positions that weren't necessarily in their sweet spot, Mm -hmm. stretch themselves. And so I made the decision to move over to a completely different division, and kind of all my friends got promoted to business unit presidents, but because I had moved to a lateral move in a division I didn't really know, I was actually not promoted, and I was actually put under a boss I didn't like that much. And that was tough. It was tough to make that lateral move, but... It was a great learning experience, and pretty quickly thereafter, I got promoted, and it was much better that I had taken the time to really learn the new division and understand things and have that credibility so that when I did become a business unit president, I was able to be much more successful than I probably would have been. Interesting. So sometimes a a big win can be doing a lateral where you're struggling a little bit and you learn a lot as opposed to getting the promotion right away yeah yeah Yeah. and and if you have a boss that's difficult um a you want to try to make the best of it you don't want to be bad mouthing that person but you also want to get exposure for yourself and if your company is one that has a task force or um some opportunities to get involved outside of your day-to-day job so that you can make a good impression on other people, other leaders in the company, that will behoove you because if things really don't work out with your boss, rather than leave the company, if you've got some advocates outside of your division, some people who've worked with you because you were involved in a special assignment or special project, um, that can be be really helpful in your career. That that really makes a lot of sense. Um, What what can somebody do to get good speaking skills, and why is it so important? And I'm asking this because I, I find that a lot of women are telling me they're quiet in meetings or they're afraid they're going to say the wrong thing or uh, the men interrupt them. So how do, you, how do you get where you can speak up? Well, first you want to be prepared. Um, you don't want to talk just to talk. Um, I like to practice. You know, I'm a pretty good presenter. I've been doing it a long time. And when I have a big presentation, I still practice. Mm -hmm. And I try to get an audience so that I go through it start to finish. And then I ask them to give me feedback, whether it be on my slides or what I said or how I said it. So practicing. Uh, In meetings, I think it really depends. It depends upon the culture. It depends upon who's in the meeting. But I think it comes down to if you feel like you have something to say that's important to say, you need to say it. And it's not just about if you're at that meeting and you're expected to be there as a participant, it's not just about yourself and your own career. The company is investing in you to be at that meeting. You need to participate for the benefit of the company. So get out of yourself. I love that. That's so such good advice. It's really important for the benefit of the company that you speak up. That is so true. So my next question. I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Sabrina, especially if it's all men in the room, because we hear this. You know, I don't want to get into a whole thing about this, but women have different perspectives, and those perspectives are important. And again, if you're in that room, you're there to share your perspective. If it's different because of the position you're in or if it's different because of your gender, if it's different because of your level, whatever it may be, 
but that diversity of thinking is so important to a company. Beautiful. I love it. So my next question, hopefully people have pencil and paper, some way to write something down, and it could take you a little bit of time to do this. It's what, what are the essential business skills that a person needs to be truly successful? And, of course, reading your book will be helpful, but if you can just give us a few of those, that would be wonderful. Well, uh, I believe good communication skills are always essential in any, pretty much any position. You know, if you're in the back room doing programming, that's one thing, maybe not. But in any position in business, in leadership and management, good, clear communication skills. Uh, presenting skills are helpful. I always encourage people to try to take a position in sales at some point in their career because sales skills are always valuable. Uh, you want to have some sense of financials. I'm not saying you have to be a um, finance major. I did take classes in finance for non-financial people. Mm-hmm. And when I had an opportunity to ask for somebody to be my mentor early on, I asked for the CFO to be my mentor because those are skills that I think women women tend to not focus in on quite as much. And uh, those are the ones very often that men will look to enhance their skills in those. And ultimately, if you want to be a C-level person, having that finance uh, acumen is important. That makes a lot of sense. Just a couple more questions. How how can a woman be assertive but not mean or be perceived as being aggressive? Oh, I don't know. I don't think I've ever been considered mean. And... Um, I think you have to be authentic. I don't think you should try to be something you're not. So if you're really outgoing, I'm pretty outgoing, then you be outgoing. If you're quiet but you can get your point across in different ways, then you should do that. I don't think there's a one-size-fits-all answer, Sabrina. I think you have to be authentic to who you are. And I think I would give the same advice to both men and women. You want to um, do your homework. If you are knowledgeable and you know your business, I see this all the time, too, in, in some fields like heavy, heavy technology uh, industries. If the women know their stuff, they speak up and they're respected. So even some industries that are traditionally tough on women, uh, it's all about making sure that you are prepared and knowledgeable and if you have to practice so that uh, people will want to hear what you have to say. Beautiful. So for the last question, I'm going to ask you, what's the difference between being a manager and a leader, and how do you let go of the old responsibilities? And I see this as being an issue a lot of times with people when they get promoted. So can you help us understand? Sure. So the first thing is the minute you get promoted, um, you have to start to delegate because somebody's got the job that you had. Um, And so you have got to start to let go because you're being paid to do a different job. You're not being paid to do the old job, even if that was something you were really, really good at. Mm -hmm. And it's hard because sometimes somebody's going to do it differently than you or they're going to do it not quite as well as you think you could have done it. But as long as they're not doing it wrong or they're not you know, hurting the company, you need to let them do it their way and you need to step up to the new responsibilities, period. Like you're getting paid for a different job. Don't do the old job. Uh, It's hard, but that's part of taking those next steps and it starts from your first promotion all the way up to, to subsequent ones. 
So that would be um, one of the key things. And then the first part of your question was? No, I think you, well, the difference between a manager and a leader was what I, oh. Yeah, just real quick, I would say um, leaders uh, think bigger. So it's it's having the big vision. It's uh, setting uh, the culture. It's inspiring people to follow you. And you don't have to have a title to be a leader either. Exactly. That really makes a lot of sense. So we're just about out of time. Are there any final thoughts or suggestions you would have for the women listening? Uh, believe. You know, I um, I had no idea I was going to have this amazing career. I kind of worked hard, and I got promoted, and I worked hard, and I got promoted, and all of a sudden one day I'm like CEO. <laughs> and uh, I volunteered for tons of things, and I, I worked really, really hard. Um, but believe in yourself because uh, there's just – so many people, and women in particular, who don't really think that they can be uh, a C-level person, and trust me, you can. Oh, beautiful. That's wonderful. Thank you so much, Karen, for taking the time to talk to us today. Oh, it's been a pleasure, Sabrina. And uh, the, the name of your book is Mom B.A. That's by Karen Schoenbart, and it will be up on the website for people to look at. Thank you so much again. Bye-bye. My pleasure. Bye-bye. Okay. I have a great free gift I want to give you that will help you be a better leader. But first, I want to share why I've been doing this show for the last 10 years. My passion is to help hundreds of thousands of women worldwide be more successful in their careers and lives. And it's happening. Because you are listening to this podcast, you are part of this global movement. Thank you for sharing these shows with your friends and colleagues and for your great comments and reviews. I'd also like to spotlight and thank two women in our global audience who left me five-star reviews in iTunes. One is Rukshana Treem, who is an international speaker and workshop leader from Portland, Oregon. I had a phone conversation with her. She shared that she'd been listening to the show for many years and had gained many ideas that helped her become successful in her business. I'm so happy that the show has helped you, Rukshana. And the second woman, whose iTunes name is Odikius, wrote, Finally, I am in the military. I am a senior-ranking female, and I've been looking all over for a good female leadership podcast. This podcast hit on areas I deal with on a daily basis. The interview with Diana Boer was what got my attention. I'm tired of being called toxic and evil just because I expect people to do their jobs. Thank you for the great tips and advice. Boy, these really made my day. Thank you. If you would like to help more women succeed or be spotlighted on women's leadership success, post a five-star review on iTunes, then send me a note from the contact form on womensleadershipsuccess.com. Include your phone number. I will pick listeners to spotlight for each show. So here's my free gift to you. For the last 10 years, I've interviewed almost 100 top leaders to find out their leadership secrets. One of their secrets is great communication. So I've put together 14 of the top tips that will help you communicate like a leader, which will help you advance your career and help you get promoted. To get this free gift, go to the sidebar on the right-hand side of womensleadershipsuccess.com and look for my 14 masterful communication tips to be a great leader. And thanks for listening. 
Thank you for joining your host, Sabrina Brahm, on another Women's Leadership Podcast. If you have questions or comments, you can email her at sabrina at sabrinabrahm.com. Since 1989, Sabrina and her team have helped hundreds of women managers, business leaders, and entrepreneurs with valuable trainings, articles, books, and executive coaching. For additional tips, interviews, and free access to Great Leaders Today mini-course, visit www.womensleadershipsuccess.com.